Okay, cool. We're live. Today I'm joined by my good friend, Masood Akbarzai, who is the founder of Business Intel Pro, which is a digital marketing consultancy and media buying company. Masood, welcome. Why don't you give us all a background on your history in e-commerce and how you got started in marketing? Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure and joy to be on your show, Adam. And uh, perhaps this is my first uh, LinkedIn video appearance and a live appearance. Uh, um, so my background is uh, mostly an amalgamation of uh, uh, STEM and entrepreneurship. So I so anything within science, technology, engineering, and mathematics and entrepreneurship. And in my early career, you know, I was involved mostly with engineering works, and then. Um, using social media and the social platforms goes back all the way to 2004 from the age of Orchid and MySpace. <clears throat> and then using the social and digital channels for some of my own businesses and helping friends and other businesses to the point of, you know, then helping agencies and now the rest is history. We're an agency ourselves now. Uh, so, so yes, I've worked with Ecom and, and some other industries uh, uh, and um, it's it's been a it's been a great journey thus far. I meeting people like yourself. Uh, I've I've met Adam through LinkedIn, and he's a very close friend. It's been great. It's been good. And we've actually, for people watching, me and Masood have met a few times in person. Um, he's been to stay with me in London, and we've been to some events together as well when things used to be open a couple of years ago. Um, so how come you, you switched? Because obviously that's quite a shift from engineering into marketing. Were you like disillusioned with your career? Like why did you transition over? I, I think marketing cho chose me. And, and I think that would be true for a lot of people in the industry, Adam, you know, perhaps for yourself as well. You know, you've come from a different background or started from somewhere and then you've ended up in, for example, email marketing. So one thing leads to other... I was mostly involved with reverse engineering and mathematical models. And then I was also uh, passionately as a hobbyist, you know, involved with, with the social platforms and spending a lot of time with the digital interface. And then seeing that, those similarities and then using them to my advantage and helping other people has intrinsically then led me to, to, the, to the digital world and I've, and I've enjoyed it, you know. So, so it's one of those things, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's something that I don't consider work. So when I'm working, you know, I'm not working. And yeah. It, it, so it's just obviously it's it's been a natural transition. You, absolutely. You touched, yeah, you touched on your your background in mathematics as well. How is that and and the engineering? How has that like helped you in the work that you're doing today? It, do you find those skills have carried over strongly? And if so, how? Uh, absolutely. No. So so in my early career working with algorithms and mathematical models and reverse engineering systems has had resemblance to what happens in today's is digital world and how algorithm works and distributes and proliferates uh, information data and content so so there's a lot of similarities uh, which i which i have been using for for years now and, and I'm still learning, you know, so most of my time is spent in R&D, as, as, as you can appreciate, I spent a lot of time in, in dissecting and researching all of that. So it's been a great journey. And, and I think marketing, and especially the digital marketing space, is, is, is psychology and mathematics, you know, in essence. It is, yep. uh, so, so psychology is the upfront of it. You know, you, you put something out which you believe will, will attract people and lure them in and collect 
collection and collecting of data and then in, interpreting that. And then the mathematics part of it is, you know, you're trying to understand the data that comes with it, your numbers. So, you know, so your ROAS, you know, your conversions and, and what about your CPM and all that. So, so, so it's a combination of both. And I'm sure you've experienced that as well with, with email marketing, for example, you know, so you'll create your content, you know, then, and the, the, the visuals will go out and the copy, and that is all the psychology that you, you, you make a pre-assumption of, you know, it will, it will resonate. And then you can actually know what comes out of it. Yep, absolutely. You need to have it as a feedback loop. And like you said, they're intrinsically tied together. Um, so yeah, you can't separate the two. My favorite people on screen. Hi, Marina. Nice to see you. <laughs> um, so let's let's dig a little bit deeper then into some of the algorithms. Like what are some of the key changes that you're seeing at the moment? Because I know, I mean, you've studied everything meticulously from LinkedIn, which you gave me huge amounts of advice on um, in the early days. Like you helped me to grow on the platform and build my audience. So thank you for that but pertinent more to, to e-commerce, like Facebook, Instagram, what are the main things you're seeing with the algorithms at the moment? So I think the, the biggest challenge in, in 2021 will be the iOS apocalypse, you know. Uh, the attribution window has been, is narrow now, so marketers and brands will have to get really good with, with making those first, the psychology part of it, you know, the, the initial guess of, you know, so I think hyper targeting will be a big thing where everybody will have to really get good at. So, so you see, so you actually make a good return on your uh, cold, on your cold top of the funnel ads in essence. Uh, um, and that, um, so, so there are a number of ways or strategies which people, uh, people use. So if you, if you go into your Facebook, business manager so, so you'll have to be you'll have to be maverick and follow what everybody else is doing so marketing is mostly you know things that are lot things that are illogical and counterintuitive you know that actually work well i mean if you look at the, the 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 social interface you know dumb things go viral you know and if anybody if, if people knew that they would have done that you know and and then it makes you think oh, i could have done that so, so it's yeah. one of those things, right? So you'll have to do things that are counterintuitive, you know, that are illogical, and then with a with a mix of uh, things that you actually follow, you know, with 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 your network, you know, and what you've learned from other people and what works, what doesn't work. Keeping in mind that you don't abuse that signal to noise ratio. If it is something everybody's doing it and everybody they're doing it, you know, even if it makes sense, you know, it will become noise and it will not work. So I would uh, I would approach it in a very different way. So if you go to Facebook, for example, Facebook Business Manager, and you go go into interests, uh, you put in an interest, say I don't know whether that be health, nutrition, or ecom, and it will give you subcategories, right? But here is a here's a list of all other interests that you can try and and run ads, whether you want to do it all together or in separate ad sets. What what we don't realize Tim, when we do that is that everyone else will be doing the same thing. So your competitor will be at that stage and they will see that and they will use that as well. And then that makes that uh, niche markets that you think they're niche is, is not niche anymore within your niche because everyone else is doing the same thing, which is why hyper-targeting will become a, a very, very uh, important avenue 
given given now now the the iOS's restriction uh, where you can use um, niches that may, other people may not be done that that will require a lot of uh, understanding knowledge and research and perhaps uh, real time research service by influencer marketing or whatnot of all the avenues that are available to you to use uh, to make those educated guesses you know so I'm, I'm going to use this interest this sub interest which is hyper hyper targeted and way too niche but i'm still going to experiment with this you know and this might return um a lower cpm a higher conversion or roas interesting so are you recommending then to not go as broad but to actually narrow it down and go more concentrated with the targeting so so the broad strategy was our lethargic uh, uh, uh our lethargic way of leaving everything with the algorithm to do the legwork. And the, the algorithm is a little hurt now, right? So it cannot crawl beyond a, a specific period of time to, to, look, to look for all those behaviors and collect them. So, so I think third, third party tech startups will be big as well, you know, especially in the space of uh, tracking and, you know, so even the Facebook pixel is not great. Uh, uh, great either, you know, it has leakage, you know, it le leaks data, you know, it, it doesn't always give you the, the right information. Yeah. So, so, so tracking and, and, and learning all that yourself and using all the other avenues. So you cannot leave that broad exercise anymore with the algorithm, especially with Facebook and Instagram ads uh, anymore, because the algorithm itself will not be able to learn as much and retain that information from the cookies that it collects because the cookies are restricted now. So, so, so you'll actually be, you know, it's, I think it's a far better strategy now to, to put more effort into the top of the funnel cold campaign, as opposed to getting really smart at remarketing and getting that buzz out of, you know, my remarketing campaigns are doing really well, because that goes without saying remarketing will have a higher conversion, a higher ROAS. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You mentioned about the type of content that might seem illogical, that goes viral. But well, I was seeing um, some conversations the other day of people saying like all the ads on Facebook and Instagram at the moment look the same as each other. Are you seeing any specific types of content outperform others? I think UGC outperforms uh, as long as it looks as natural as possible. Uh, what doesn't look natural or outperforms is, which is, you know, if, so everybody's doing the same thing, right? They will send a product to an influencer and then pretend that you like this and make a video and I'm going to then um, put it on my ads and use that. Uh, so anything, you know, a little out of the box approach uh, where uh, you, you've done something that everybody else is not doing and yet it is there. Uh, relatable so what really works well in marketing which in my experience that i've experienced thus far is uh, marketing works really well if if you've got the three components to it which is relatability novelty and complementarity okay so i think it was spotify spotify yeah. spotify did a well they didn't do an experiment actually learn from an algorithm uh, error uh, have you used Spotify's Discover Weekly? You know, so it will show you a Discover Weekly section where it shows you a set of song uh, tracks which you may like. What happened was the algorithm uh, leaked some tracks that were already heard by you or they're your favorite, you already know of them. 
and they got blended into the Discover Weekly. So these are tracks that you, you already know of. And what Spotify realized that their engagement and, um, and listening time increased on the Discover Weekly because people were finding their own tracks there. And then that led to them listening to all of the rest of the tracks. And that brings us down to, you know, anything relatable that can catch our attention will have a longer attention span. Uh, novelty is, you know, having a little bit of, you know, something uh, that everybody else is not doing, for example, or that little bit of, you know, new information, which you and I, perhaps we are trying to do today, you know, if we can give them one, one more thing if people may not know of, and, and that will make this, this video call uh, a little better than uh, all other video calls. And complementarity is again, it, it, it is what you and I are doing up uh, right now. Is right, okay? So you you offer X, Y, Z. I offer A, B, C, and got on this call and see, and we're finding a way how we can use our experiences and knowledge and share it with your audiences, for example, and then that will result into more connections, network, and relationships and whatnot and business in the future. So, so I think those three components, you know, if you can play them well, uh, it works really well. Good stuff. Really interesting. Just, I can't see the name of this person, LinkedIn user. I'm sure this is Juliana. <laughs> I said, Masood, you're bigger than I expected. <laughs> uh, thank you. Not as big as me, though. Look at them. <laughs> Adam is big as well. Well, Adam has dislocated his shoulder, you know, so so he will be getting bigger slowly i i, I used to be big as you know but not now now i'm tiny i need you to train me back up and she also says yeah we we have got the, the same hairstyle but i wonder who wears it better <laughs> <laughs> cool. um let, well, let's move on a little bit from facebook uh -huh. because there is other platforms like you said spotify and uh, what about things like TikTok? what do you think of them like coming up in e-commerce What's your impression of that? So, so I personally have not experienced TikTok myself. There's, there's so much out there, you know, there's only so, there's only so much you can do uh, with all these platforms. So I don't have a lot of experience with TikTok, but, but from the offset of it, you know, I can make some calls, you know. So TikTok is born out of uh, uh, people love uh, followers, you know. So, so what they've come up with is a, a way of, you know, giving you loads of followers in a shorter period of time and and people grow faster as well and the way they've done is that you know okay we, we will figure out a way of how to not to clutter our our, our users with, uh, with content fatigue and spam and we'll keep the videos so short that they're in a reel and they're, they're, they're constantly moving you know so tiktok is a great avenue but uh, you know you, your your exposure window is way too short and, and I'm assuming that the attention span is a lot uh, shorter as well than other platforms. So if you have, I would go to TikTok, you know, if you've already outperformed on a, on a very short video elsewhere and it's doing really well for you, you know, by all means, you know, go and distribute it, you know, with all TikTok influencers, you know, within your niche and perhaps they'll do really well for it. Another thing that I would do is, you know, when platforms are young and the organic reach is right, it is actually the paid media that's a better avenue for you as well to use that and, and, and that'll be cheaper, you know, and, and my, my hunch is that CPM will be cheaper and, you know, reaching a number of uh, uh, clicks on TikTok will be a lot cheaper than Instagram and Facebook. 
Uh, I, I have not worked in, in collaboration with anyone who's, uh, who's got a TikTok ad account running or any of the clients. Uh, perhaps you have, I'm sure you've mentioned at some point in some of your clients are running uh, TikTok ads. So I don't know what the conversions look like for them, you know, for every, for every dollar, are they getting three, four dollars back or not? Uh, and how does that differ from um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and Google, for example? Yeah, well, I, I think, would... so, yes. sorry to interrupt. I, th I think um, we work with a few people who are running them at the moment. And I mean, it's it still is definitely in that experimental phase, experimental, but they're, they're saying that obviously you need to create content that's native to the platform um, that works best, uh, but they've been comparable CPMs with Facebook. Again, it, it's definitely not my area of expertise, but obviously you can... Um, sort of fatigue your audience on Facebook. So it's 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 positive because it's another good targeting and acquisition channel that you can add to the top of the funnel, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, for, uh, some people have had, you know, really good results with Snapchat ads, for example. You know, I'm not a yeah. great fan of Snapchat, you know, and if you're not a great fan, you know, it is just, you know, it's again, you know, it's probably not logical to go there and try to run ads for clients or for yourself if you don't like it yourself. Uh, but people have had, you know, and perhaps that is because most of people are like me and they don't like Snapchat. It makes Snapchat, you know, uh, a place, you know, with 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 a little bit of a bigger void where you can use that and and run um, some traffic for your. And so, so people have had really good results for ecom, for example. So so I would, if if I were running an ecom brand, yeah, I would be buying uh, um, paid ads on TikTok before reaching out to influencers, you know. And then I can I can learn from you know the 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 traffic and uh, and what really have what kind of audiences are on uh, TikTok you know learning about it. I mean you you can't for you cannot physically go and and try to learn what how does or what does someone's one point three million followers look like? It's it's yeah. just not possible, right? And that's why again you know coming back uh, if we if you want to talk about influencer marketing a little is uh, that you're far better to work with micro-influencers and people who have an actual influence, for example, on Instagram, right? And again, the same thing on Instagram, you cannot go and possibly be, even if you use some kind of a software and a, and a solution that allows you to screen followers, you know, people may have false followers as opposed to fake followers. So they may not have fake followers, but they can have false followers. False followers, you know, I've just asked Adam to follow my page, but Adam doesn't like my page. Mm -hmm. And and you never know how many of how many of those people they have. This is why, you know, micro influencers and bloggers within niche topics, you know, are far more effective and cost effective as well to use who actually have a real um, uh, influence within their niche. Yeah. Yeah, that, let's, we're going to go on to um, influencer marketing in more depth. Let's just tackle this question from Albert. Uh, guys, I have a question. What is more difficult for you, promoting your business on social media or making high income for your e-com clients? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll answer that first, I suppose. For me, it's much more difficult to promote on social because... I'm going it organically and that requires like tons and tons of content and it's a long-term play. Whereas 
when you're working with an e-commerce clients, uh, most of them have established businesses already. So it's much easier to get results from someone who's already built up that uh, credibility and they've got a consolidated business model. So for me, it's actually harder to promote ourselves and get business. Um, but we haven't experimented with paid ads at all yet. What would you say, Masood? Um, I think, you know, if you're a startup, right, you, you either have more money or more time and then you play your cards differently, right? So if you, if you don't have enough budget for, for your paid media and paid advertising, it goes without saying you ha you'll have to work harder growing your channels organically and working with, you know, like micro-influencers and whatnot. But then again, you know, if you've got the budget for it, uh, you don't even have to be really, really good at, you know, what you're doing or, or the agency that works for you. Uh, I, I can stick a picture of a bin bag and put, you know, $100,000 a month into that and run ads for a, a, sh a protein shaker, right? And it will probably convert, you know, and, and, and before the iOS update, you know, the algorithm will be able to then find everyone that will buy that shaker, not the bin bag, and it will work. So, so it's a combination of, you know, how much time you can put as opposed to money or, or both. And then the strategy, yeah. you know, the strategy then, and yeah, as, as you can appreciate, Adam, you know, it just exponentially changes, right? Your focus go away from somewhere else. And in your space, it'll be different, you know, email marketing, you know, the data has already been acquired, you know, so it's much more, you know, it is, you own that and it's away from everything. But then again, you need to acquire that data, right, Adam? So you'll have to bring that, that, that list from somewhere. Of course, absolutely. And then you've got to enrich it as well. I don't think um, the, the hard work starts once you've got the customer through the door. I think most people are under the illusion still that once you've got the generic email address and you've got a conversion that it's done, you can just hit people with offers. And I know we, we've been talking about this so much, but that is like just the beginning of the journey for me. That's when you have to like constantly work to enrich that profile and find out more insights about the customer because then that allows you to serve them better. And I was speaking to, to somebody the other day saying that the marketer who impresses me the most on email is the people who can proactively collect those insights and then serve the customer better um, as opposed to just general mass marketing which does work yeah. to some extent but you need massive scale like you know if, if you're throwing discounts and sales out every day then you really need the scale to make it work and i talked about this today in my um newsletter shameless plug for that 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 strategy only really works um, if you've got like mass, mass audiences because otherwise like it, it, it's just woefully effective and fatigues your audience. Yeah, I mean, I mean, marketing is, you know, very much dynamic, right? So what, what, we, what marketers and brands and businesses are leaned towards is, you know, we love tenable answers, right? And that's not how marketing works. You know, you can have... Uh, you can have uh, a number of ways to arrive at the same result that someone so so, so, so it's a common thing you know people will just come out and shout and uh, uh, how we achieved x y and z by doing abc and then that will get everybody's attention you know that uh, here it is you know finally adam has figured out a way of you know how to get 10x or 92x on on ad spend or, or on email marketing or all that and then the focus will go there and then everybody will try to then replicate that and then they'll produce clones and then that thing will stop working right 
So I think marketing is you know, very much dynamic, right? You can have different ways of arriving uh, at the same result. And despite of, despite of marketing is mostly psychology and mathematics, you know, it still defines logic, you know. Even in, even in the uh, in the domain of mathematics, you know, uh, you you don't have tenable answers for the same answers, you know. So so two two plus two is four. Well, so is one plus one plus one is four, and one plus three is four, right? And then and that's and that's the only few ways of arriving at the answer four, for example, in the addition setting, and then in the multiplication, you'll say okay, two times two is four, one times four. And then in the subtraction and division, you'll have infinity ways of, you know, doing. And so, so I can ask you in email marketing and you might come back to be saying, you know, okay, in email marketing, there's only these four ways we can work with and they're different than what you do on social or on your Google ads. That's not how we, that's how, that's not how we operate. And it doesn't work like that, you know, because it's more of segmented audiences and, and that's how we work with them, right? So I think segmentation will be big as well in the future. And what do you say, Adam? Even in email marketing, I think, uh, where, you know, you can uh, uh, segment and segregate behaviors and demographics, you know, you could be selling a product to an absolute wide range of demographic, right? And, you know, segmenting in them will be a big thing as well. I'm not sure how, if, if Clavio and all of the platforms have that available at the moment or not. Yeah, it, it depends, doesn't it, on the business. Ultimately, you can have... Um... A very generic like one size fits all business or you can have a niche within a niche so for example um you can work with so i always use this example the supplement store you've got different cohorts of customers you've got people who are bodybuilders you've got people who want to lose fat you've got people who don't care about either they just care about the general health then you've got someone who's selling um dentistry products you've got people who want to whiten the teeth they've got you've got people who care about their gum health people who care about decay, uh, people who have bad breath like me. And then you've got you've got to speak to all those people differently, even though there is some overlap. So that is, is um, the big missed opportunity, which I'm seeing um, is that people just aren't finding out those insights. And then because they're not finding out those insights, they're yeah. speaking to everyone in the same way. So the market is very, marketing is very broad and ultimately when you're very very broad uh, you just i've just noticed you lose people's attention because you're not speaking to them in a language that's relevant to them so the, the churn is high the engagement drops and that's dangerous with email um because your deliverability is the, is the most important aspect if people stop engaging with the emails um then you're, you're basically losing that data even if they don't unsubscribe because then you'll just start to get categorized as spam um, and then you've got to go back out and acquire that data again and start from the beginning. So it's it's a, it's a never-ending cycle. You have to really commit to understanding the customer and then serving them better. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've touched base on something really important there, you know, and it just reminds me of, you know, social listening, right? So social listening is, is a crucial element of your business, right? If you're not listening to what people are saying, what more... more more than what they're saying is well, what they're actually doing because data shows you know what people say is not what they do is uh, so social listening and uh, on the premise of if if you can observe what your audience or customers are reacting in real time to to, to your product you know so that could be reviews you know that could be social listening on social channels you know running engagement ads or running engagement campaigns with influencers and whatnot 
uh, it's very important for you to then segment and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sure you can do that with the email as well right uh, and send stuff out to different groups of people and see how they how how they take actions as opposed to how they receive that information right you know what actions do they take you know after they've received that and then that'll show you uh their their actual uh, intent and uh, behavior towards what you're doing it's just you know people usually publicly don't say uh things that they actually mean right they say it with the with the presumption of you know how 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 they'll be perceived by by, by putting what they're putting out right uh and th that is the reason why reddit is a very strong platform you know it's a very powerful platform right again it shook the stock market right a couple of months ago it's because yeah. of it's because of its anonymity right it's 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 mostly discreet you know you can't really see much about adam it is just adam under a very small or concealed kind of username speaking under different threats you know and and that makes people to then say what they actually mean uh, and uh, so i don't know on uh, on the if we should be speaking on the premise of uh, ecom so reviews collection from uh, uh, competition is great uh, uh, you can do that on amazon you can do that you know on on your competitors website uh, and and look in your own reviews and feedback um, you can go to the extent of you know if you're like me you know and you're going, you're going to spend you know five hours on the explore page you know trying to find out every other person within that niche and you know who's speaking to them and what are they collecting and there are tools out there as well there are some fantastic tools you know that can do social listening for you, you know and you can pick up you know for example what words are positive and negative things within uh, a brand or a product has been said or received uh, so so it makes so social listening is quite powerful as well very interesting good stuff so the future of uh, Facebook advertising, uh, any type of paid media, really. Do you? We we talked a lot about some of the imminent changes that are already happening and how it's going to make things more challenging. What do you think's going to happen to not just Facebook ads, but like the acquisition strategies in general? Um, do you think people will look for new channels? Do you think people will just fall by the wayside and like there'll be a thinning of the head? Or do you think it's just an opportunity for a lot of marketers and brands to just be more creative and think outside the box because it was so easy for so long? I, I think with time, people who have experience, they will improvise and evolve. And, and they will diversify as well, right? So they will go to different channels and within the channel that is getting a little uh, congested with, with more people coming in, they will improvise something different. And then some of us then go and sell that to other people as well, right? And this is how I did it, and you know, you can do it as well. Uh, and you can always find ways. Uh, uh, if we're talking about e-com, for example, right? So the entry barrier is very, very low to start an e-com business, right? You, you can virtually start it with, you know, a couple of hundreds of dollars, you know, Set up your Shopify site up, you know, and just uh, test a product and then start that product, okay? Uh, and that's an another thing that a lot of people are missing on, you know, before going too big on inventory and, you know, and, and making a lot of assumptions, you know. You have the opportunity to, to test a prototype or a product, you know, on test ads and see what happens. Um, so, so I think, you know, relevance and uh, actual demand 
and then the ability to be really good at you know finding a clever way to sell something other people cannot sell or find something really clever to sell in a in a in a way that everybody's selling other things that, that, that are not great products or problem solving products so with the arrival of all the big brands now to the social space and they're buying a lot of media there now and startups are on the rise and and just two people are coming in right it will it will intrinsically right make uh, for example cpm expensive right so too many people are buying it and i'm assuming with the ios update you know that will lower down itself a little bit uh, but but yeah i think people will evolve over time and they, they will find different ways you know, they, they will find you know uh, the next thing you know is people are selling their e-com products through the podcast you know i don't know right you know and people yeah. are talking about it you know uh, live streaming I, as well i see that that I, in fact quite a few of the brands we're working with at the moment i see like they're, yeah. they're driving huge amounts of sales through live streams on instagram yeah i knew Event. i knew of a brand uh, uh we're using telemarketing for e-com which is strange right so that is something nobody's using you know because they find it stupid right they were actually using telemarketing for e-com they're calling people and telling them about the website and hoping they'll go visit the website you know and that is way lower than right, you buying their media. So I think people will evolve. They'll find different ways and uh, they will not fully abandon um, a channel, you know. Uh, like I said, you know, Adam, we love tenable answers, you know. G give me the solution now. What should I use, Google, uh, email or Facebook? And the, and the right answer to that is, as you have said, talked about it in, in numerous posts, right, is, you know, like you need all of them, right? And if yeah. there is a new player coming out, uh, you will have to see, you know, if that is a great place for you to go to and diversify. Uh, but you need all of them, you know. And then it, yeah. it is really a question of, you know, what we try to conceal with our question is, you know, that I cannot be asked spending a lot of time and money. Do you have a quick solution, you know, for me that'll help me to just use one or two ways and then that'll explode my my return on marketing? And that's not how it works, right? Yep, yep. It's it's going to be interesting times for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, another comment from Albert saying, due to the changes in cookies, all owners of first-party data will acquire increased value as advertising platforms. Yeah, in, interesting stuff. Uh, I think definitely you're going to see a lot more creativity, like you were saying before, about selling products even on podcasts. Um, there's a person that we're working with at the moment. They're running uh, TV advertisements, um, which has been really interesting because that's the, the first person we've worked with who's done that. Um, they're advertising a, a cleaning product at the moment. Um, actually did an analysis yesterday on the, the website traffic and the, um, the lead generation. So before the TV advert, which runs intermittently throughout the month, like multiple times per day, um they were acquiring like 260 uh, emails on average um since the tv adverts being going on it's up to 350 per day on average so yeah very, very interesting stuff um i know tv is one that people have um, sort of shunned in the last few years and said oh it's outdated it's irrelevant um probably right. because it's difficult to to measure and, and quantify the um roi but yeah, there's, there's other things still out there that existed before Facebook 
um, and Instagram, and they'll exist afterwards as well. So I think this will be good. People will just have to be more creative again. We need new strategies. Yeah, but again, Adam, right, so that would be a counterintuitive thing, right? You going back to old school that everybody else on the TV has been telling you TV has died out and you shouldn't go there. It's a digital world, right? So doing all those counterintuitive things and illogical things, you know, again, it can, you know, it can result in serendipitous, you know, outcomes, you know, because everybody else is not doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Mate, it's been um, been great talking to you and catching up. It's been a pleasure. Um for everyone who's out there listening, like how can they get in contact with you to learn more about what you're doing? I think the best way to contact will be LinkedIn. So Masood Agbarzai via LinkedIn. And uh, this post can lead you to that as well. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Adam. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And uh, this has been an op- my first opportunity to go in a, in a video format on LinkedIn. So, um, so I hope my, some of my connections and friends and followers have seen this as well. Uh, good stuff, good stuff, mate. It's been great having you. Lots of uh, really interesting insights as usual from yourself. I will tag you in this post. And if anyone has any questions for Masood, um, please post them. I'm sure he'll get back to you. But we're going to end this here. And thank you very much for watching. My pleasure, my pleasure.